0: Similar to a well-tuned automobile, a guitar requires the same level of attention to perform at its very best. No matter how expensive your guitar may be, we will treat you and your instrument with the utmost respect. Call 920-723-1733 or visit jeffsguitar.com. Jeff's Guitar Clinic in Fort Atkinson, we love guitars. The attorneys at Jingris Thompson & Wachs have had the honor of receiving numerous awards for their work both in and outside the courtroom. But just as important as receiving accolades for being skilled attorneys, it's equally important to give back to the community in which they live and work. If you want a personal attorney that can help you in so many different areas, they've got them. They're in Eau Claire, Madison, Milwaukee, and Waukesha. They're easy to reach. GTWLawyers.com. That's GTWLawyers. Welcome to another podcast at SliceOffice.com, brought to you by our friends at the Operating Engineers Local 139, also our friends at Madison Teamsters Local 695. Joining us now, John Nichols from the Capital Times and The Nation. John, before we uh, get going with the interview today, uh, maybe you'd like to explain to our podcast followers what's going on with the Capital Times website.
1: Yeah, the Capital Times is launching or has launched its own website. Um, and uh, that's uh, a bit of a change because historically the Capital Times was on, uh, you know, the same website as the State Journal, and it was this it, Uh And what's happened with the Capital Times is a decision that, uh, that frankly, we're better off um, doing something on our own platform that's clearly identified as the Capital Times with all the news reporting features and opinion. Um, and so now we're at captimes.com. That's c-a-p-t-i-m-e-s.com.
0: And people's reaction?
1: Seems to be very good. People are finding it, which is an encouraging uh, thing. And uh, we're hoping that, uh, uh, you know, obviously, when you launch something new, you know, it takes time to get everything going exactly, right? But it's, I think we feel pretty good about
0: it. Now, I like to support local journalism. Uh, I think it's important, even if I don't necessarily agree with the newspaper's editorial board, sometimes they have good reporters. Like, I don't like the owners of the Washington Post, but I think they've got some great yeah, great reporters, they've, so they've I really I support them, stuff. right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I believe in supporting journalism. How do people go about supporting the Capital Times now?
1: Uh, CAP Times. One of the things that we're trying to do with the new website, which is really exciting, and good, is that we're trying to make it um, available to people. Uh, the you know all the paywalls and hoops that people have to jump through, they create a barrier to a lot of people getting stuff. So this CAP website is super accessible, but as a result, it, it's not as packed with all the the little ads and things that pop up, and also with all the paywall barriers and stuff like that. So. Um, we're looking to the, the traditional model or a more traditional model of having people um, who effectively subscribe. But uh, it's a little different than a subscription. What it is is to become a member of the Cap Times. And, uh, and we've got, you know, well over 1,000 people who have signed up to do it, which is a really good uh, really good number to, to get going on. And if you go to the Cap Times website, and there you can check it out. And, uh, Get involved if
0: you like. Join on. It has been an incredible week uh, in Wisconsin politics. Uh, I was walking out of the Walgreens on Mineral Point Road yesterday, and I peered over, and there it was the headline in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Rebecca Clayfish says Republicans need to hire mercenaries to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a remarkable headline.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, there's uh and, you know, it's, it's a remarkable uh, – it was a remarkable piece in a lot of ways, but um, the use of that term right off the bat—and I think we just, you know, ought to go to the, the heart of the matter—the use of the term mercenaries, which obviously has a military um, and and even, uh, you know, like sort of an illicit military. Well,
0: I don't, I don't know if you read the book or saw the movie. I did both, Dogs of War.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, well, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, when we get a report out of, you know, some country around the world where it says that mercenaries are, you know, like storming the capital or something like that, we don't necessarily think of that as a good thing. Um, and, and so to, to go to that term, even though, and I think in fairness to her, we'll say, you know, I think she, her definition of it wasn't, uh, wasn't quite as, you know, horrific as some people might, might assume, um, but to go to that term immediately suggests a mindset that is so combative, that is so um, prepared to turn over the tables, right, you know, to just, like, storm through things and mess things up uh, as regards our democracy, that I think it calls into question uh, her credibility as a candidate for governor. And, and I'm not alone in saying that. I think uh, there's even some Republicans that are saying that.
0: So she told this group in Door County... Uh, not to make this public and that this was her campaign strategy. You think she was seriously believing that there was no one in that room that wasn't a tracker because everyone knows what goes on in politics. Now there are trackers everywhere. Both sides have them. How could she not understand that?
1: Well, uh, and, and even if there wasn't a tracker, this is, you know, Political party is a candidate hire trackers to follow their opponent to see if their opponent says something dumb, right? Which, in this case, happened. Um, and but whether there was a tracker or not, I mean, just think about the logic of this thing. If you're a candidate for public office and you've got a secret strategy or a surreptitious strategy for how you're going to do things that may or may not be legitimate, right? Uh, first off, do you announce that in public? I mean. I think usually not. But if you are going to announce it in public, then, you know, wouldn't you think you would do it and say, okay, we're in a public setting, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. You don't say, this is a secret crowd of people. Um, So if you're recording, turn it off, and, you know, then I'll tell you, you know, what we're going to do, which I myself am about to admit is a bad thing. And, And the weird part is, if there wasn't somebody recording at that point, don't you think that's sort of like a cue to even somebody who might be somewhat sympathetic to her to turn your, you know, turn your phone on? This sounds like this is juicy. So uh, she so thinks... It was, it was very, very, it was bad thinking.
0: Well, um, you, know you, I mean? you let's take the airplane up a couple thousand feet here. The message right now seems to be uh, voters are looking for, you know, election integrity. That's why we're doing all these investigations. And the Democrats did something illicit here, but now we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. That that is a that is very disjointed to me.
1: Well, it's it's not just dis- dis- disjointed, although it, it is. It, it's also um, we are literally in a situation where the Republicans are saying, "Oh, the Democrats did something bad in 2020." Um, well. Let's investigate that. Let's do audits. Let's do all this. Let's do the Arizona thing. Well, what has happened? Every investigation, Democrats didn't do anything bad. Um, it, every court intervention, every um, recount, every, you know, everything keeps coming back to the 2020 election was legitimate. Um, it, was, it was done according to the rules. Lawyers you know, vetted things. Uh, the courts have said it's okay. You know, we, even Ron Johnson says that there wasn't anything wrong with the actual result. You know what I mean? Or he, he grumbles about stuff, but when he's in a, in a conversation with somebody he doesn't know is recording him, he acknowledges <laughs> this. And, and so you, you've got the situation where Republicans continue to perpetuate a lie about it, right? But now they say that, that what they're lying about, of course, is really bad, but they're going to do it, too. Um,
0: she said that she was going to have to take a shower after this with steel wool.
1: Like it's going be said, She was going to do something so awful, so mm-hmm. yeah. slimy. But here's the problem. What was done in 2020 that the Republicans in Wisconsin, for instance, were complaining about was not done by the Democrats, right? It was done by city governments around Wisconsin, which, which their crime— Right was to make it easier to vote. Okay, that's that's the big the big gripe. Um, they they had you know parties in the park and they had uh, you know an easy drop off of bo- of ballots and things like that. Things that that are done in states, Republican and Democratic states, all across the country. Uh, things that are not illegitimate, things that that are not troublesome and have been vetted as such. But now, Clayfish comes along and says we're going to hire mercenaries to counter that, right? And at some point she seems to be suggesting, well, we're going to do the same thing the Democrats did. Well, they do the same thing the Democrats did, right? It is even what Republicans are objecting to as regards to the 2020 election. Uh, but if indeed she is, quote-unquote, hiring mercenaries to do what the most whacked out, of the Republicans seem to imagine happened, right? You know, if you're going to hire mercenaries to do what Donald Trump claims happened or what these, you know, like what the most extreme players claim happened, then, A, they're doing something that didn't, that the Democrats didn't do, that the cities didn't do. They're bringing something new to this, and they are, quote-unquote, hiring mercenaries to do it. Effectively, what Clayfish is communicating here is a willingness to uh, go to any extreme, to effectively win an election, quote-unquote, by any means necessary. Um, that's an incredibly dangerous approach. It's an escalation. It isn't meeting the Democrats or doing what Democrats did back to them. It's something much more severe. And if you look at it in that perspective, um, I think... I think the people who have called her out are right to do so. a right to be very, very concerned.
0: So Kevin Nicholson, who wants to run for something, and you know, is, is just waiting in the wings, you know, he can put him on the list with Eric Hovde and others. He has said that Clayfish's plan to use ballot harvesting in her bid for governor, his quote, his term, um, is dumber than a box of hammers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clayfish's team fought back saying that if Kevin Nicholson isn't doing isn't willing to do anything to win, then he's really not understanding what moment we're in. Well, so here right. we here okay.
1: we go. Exactly. With all due respect, uh, anybody who's watched Kevin Nicholson's uh, limited career in politics so far, uh, I think I don't think there's much doubt he's willing to do just about anything to win. <laughs> I mean, he's, he ran a pretty negative campaign for the Senate in eighteen and. He's, uh, you know, was it,
0: he's constantly... Was that 18? I, yeah, I forget. I, I've, I've lost track of that. Oh, okay. yeah, he lost to Leah Lea, yes. Lea Vukmir. Okay. That's right.
1: Yeah. And, um, and he's, you know, about as ambitious as anybody I've seen in politics. He's so ambitious, he's, he's found a, a home in two different political parties. <laughs> <And laughs> so the, the fact of the matter is that um, what Clayfish is doing here... I mean, Kevin Nicholson is, you know, clearly trying to angle for a position... Um, he's clearly right that what Clayfish did um, was dumb, right? It's A, dumb on the, the strategy, B, dumb on you know, revealing it in the way that she did. So that's a, that's a you know relatively legit criticism there. Um, but to come back at it and say, well, we shouldn't nominate somebody who isn't willing to do anything, including what Clayfish herself admits is, so scandalous, so you know, potentially, I guess, illegal and illegitimate, that she would, uh, as governor, if she was elected, immediately pass laws to ban the behavior, right? And that's that's what she said. Um, it's it's like clearly she is signaling or trying to signal that she is prepared to run the dirtiest, most illicit. Potentially illegal campaign for governor in the history of the state, and if that's not disqualifying, not in November, but in a Republican primary, uh, then you know I think we we sort of we sort of you know crossed the Rubicon into into territory we don't necessarily want to
0: be. So before she got COVID, after going to events where no one was wearing a mask, yeah. um, she is vaccinated, but she's also a cancer survivor. Uh, she had a fundraiser planned to be with Jim Jordan, who is right now the subject of an investigation in the January 6th attacks on our, our nation's capital. So I think we, she signaled she's willing to go low. Um, in the meantime, New Jersey resident Sean Duffy is uh, uh, pondering getting in this race. Well, he's been
1: encouraged by the former president the former States. president
0: of the United States. He is evidently mulling over it. You've not heard any public rejection of that notion whatsoever. What do you think about that?
1: Well, look, uh, I think that Clayfish made what will probably be remembered as the biggest mistake for a campaign up in Door county um, and uh I think she did so because and I you know as, you know we've talked about uh, Rebecca Clayfish before. I have always suggested that she is a more independent-minded and, uh, in many cases, I've always argued, I guess perhaps not correctly, more thoughtful uh, Republican than some of the other people in, in the poten- potential candidates. But whatever whatever we've said or thought in the past, she went up to Door County, uh, I think clearly trying to signal a, a toughness, right, and a willingness to to. You know do whatever's necessary to get elected, and she went over the line. She went so far using terminology and uh, and frankly operating in strategic ways that are that called into question uh, her seriousness and her her thoughtfulness about this race that is almost certainly going to invite other candidates into the Republican primary fight. Now Clayfish may prevail. remember the Republican Party has become a Republican. Primaries, especially, have become pretty pretty ugly places, and there's no guarantee that that having said or done something that is noxious or nefarious is necessarily going to, you know, knock you out of the running. But
0: yeah, ask uh, ask Eric Greitens in uh, Missouri, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, go to whatever (laughs) extreme. But Wisconsin's different than Missouri, and Wisconsin Republicans, uh, I think, you know, they, I think they see an opportunity to get power back, and uh, I think that with that, that sense that it's very likely going to be a tough race, uh, but that they could win it, then the question is, do they think seriously about how they, who they put up and, and how they approach it, what their, at least what their public base is? And in my sense, is that Clayfish did herself some serious
0: damage here? All right, let's take a quick break. John Nichols from the Capital Times at Slysoffice.com. I want to thank all the labor unions here in Dane County that help keep Sly's Office.com up and going so you keep up to date. Whether it be the Madison Firefighters, Local 311, or the Madison Teamsters, Local 695, or our friends at Madison Teachers Incorporated. These are some of the most active local unions who organize, 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 and constantly stand up for workers. Thank you from Sly's Office.com. When you're looking for a new computer or need help with one you already own, call 231-8000 and Madison Computer Works will get things up and running for you. Madison Computer Works, computers that work for you. Welcome back to SliceOffice.com, brought to you by our friends at Madison Computer Works and also Jeff's Guitar Clinic. John Nichols from the Capital Times with us. Uh, More about Rebecca Clayfish here. She has refused to condemn some of the vicious attacks on school board members in the Mequon-Thienesville School District. Your thoughts on that? She says that uh, it's really not her place to do that because she was a victim during the Act 10 fight.
1: I mean, again, this, is, this sort of relates to what we were talking about in the earlier segment where Rebecca Clayfish says, the Democrats did something I don't like, so now we're going to do it double, right? We're going to do worse... So she says, you know, I didn't like uh, being criticized or I didn't like, the, you know, what she describes as attacks during the Act 10 fight. Um, and so I'm not going to condemn when it happens to somebody else. That's not what you want in a governor, right? <laughs> you don't want someone who, you know, looks at something they think is wrong and instead of condemning it says, uh, well, you know, My feelings have been hurt in the past, so I'm not going to condemn people that are hurting somebody's feelings now or that are going to an even more extreme point. You don't want somebody who is so egotistical, so lost in their own self, that they can't, you know, kind of rise up above the circumstance and actually do something akin to the common good. We just went through that with Donald Trump. Donald Trump couldn't see beyond his own personal obsession with himself, with his own, you know, damaged personality and all that. And so as a result, as a country we went through a lot of hell, including on January sixth, and we finally had to get rid of the guy and did. Um, I, you don't want to put Wisconsin through that. You don't want to have a governor who doesn't have some sort of uh you know, sense of, of basic common decency and, and and frankly some ability to learn. Well now. I think
0: you know, yeah. is is Rebecca is Rebecca Clayfish gonna build her governorship based on Kim Reynolds in Iowa? Because, frankly, that hasn't worked very well.
1: No, and, I mean, <laughs> and, and even Kim Reynolds, I mean, Clayfish at this point, her language is going way beyond what we've seen in Iowa. This is a politics of retribution. This is politics of punishing uh, the folks on the other side, not because they did something wrong, but because um, you feel like you were wronged in the past and you want other people to suffer. Right? And especially the reaction to what's going on with the school boards and what's going on, you know, in mecklenburg and other places. I mean, with all due respect, I don't think most people know that being on a school board is a really hard, kind of lousy uh, contribution. It's, it's lousy in oh, like, uh, the.
0: Oh, Madison, Madison board. school board members can tell you that uh, they've gotten some excoriating emails from me.
2: Yeah, it's. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's, it's I think it's a very hard, uh, often very unrewarding job that people take on because they actually believe in public education, or they actually believe in bettering their community. They see the importance of it. And once upon a time, being on the school board, maybe it was a relatively, uh, it was hard work, but it was a relatively respected gig. Now folks are under attack. There's, you know, violence at school board meetings. And so, for a Governor or a potential governor to say, Well, I'm not going to condemn that because, you know, uh, 10 years ago somebody said they disagreed with me. Um, no, that's, that is, again, and you know, we're talking about several disqualifying developments. I, I would say that's, that's, a, that's something that, that anyone, whether they're a Republican, Democrat, right or left, ought to pause and say, I don't want that kind of person, somebody who acts in that way
0: to be my governor. Uh, Clayfish was uh, on with WKOW's AJ Biaport the other day. Well, it was actually a couple weeks ago. Uh, let me play a clip from that.
2: We disparaged. I haven't heard those arguments. In fact, I'm seeing a, a new hunger, a new thirst for going and being poll workers and poll watchers. And I'm actually enthusiastic. After I tell people what our campaign represents, a hopeful future for all of Wisconsin, I see people having more enthusiasm about going in and watching and working the polls. Looking ahead with election policy being something that will be on the ballot potentially next November, is there any scenario where you could envision yourself as governor signing legislation ahead of 2024 that would allow the legislature to reject or overturn the popular vote results in a statewide election I haven't seen any bill language even pertaining to that A.J., so I think it would probably be awfully premature for me to comment on a bill that hasn't even been drafted, nor an idea that I've heard floated. That is something that some people have mentioned as a possible concern, not only in Wisconsin but other states, the idea of a legislature overturning the popular vote. If, hypothetically, that were to become a bill and it ended up on your desk today, what do you say you would do with that bill? Once again, I'm just going to say you're talking about an idea that I have never heard discussed among legislators or even uh, the folks I'm talking to across the state. And so for me to try and comment on future bill language that hasn't even been drafted, I think would be awfully premature and kind of irresponsible.
0: Yeah, she's never even heard that discussed, John. Mm -mm.
2: Ding, ding, ding. I know.
0: Break the glass.
1: You know, pull the alarm. When you have somebody running for governor of your state who is, and I've talked to Rebecca Clayfish a number of times. I have seen her in action. She is not a fool. She may have been very foolish up in Dark County, but she's not a fool. Um, it, when, when that person is talking around a reporter who is asking a very legitimate, very simple question.
0: With a follow-up.
1: With a follow-up. All she has to say is, I haven't seen that legislation. It would be irresponsible for me to comment on any particular legislative proposal at this point, because I don't think it's come forward. But what I can tell you is, in the state of Wisconsin, we are not going to overturn elections. We, as governor of Wisconsin, I'm not going to sign legislation that makes it possible to overturn the will of the people. How hard is it to say that? Yet, given multiple chances to do it, she refuses. I mean, again, that's where you break the glass, sound the alarm. Such a person should not be the governor of the
0: state. It's alarming. And
1: certainly not a president.
0: That is alarming. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this wasn't even on anybody's radar screen back in uh, 2018. Nobody was nobody was talking about that. No. Uh, you think about that. Uh, after Walker lost narrowly and the Republicans can control the legislature, what sort of mischief could have happened in that moment after 2018? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, and, and remember, that you had an even closer election for attorney general in 2018. You, had some, you know, these were tight races. And you had a scenario that if you wanted to lie about it, if you wanted to do a big lie, you'd say, oh, wow, suddenly a bunch of votes come in from Milwaukee and shift the, the pattern at, you know, one in the morning. Well, as you and I know, Sly, because we're election geeks. We've been following elections since we were kids. Uh, I've been there at 1 in the morning more than once where I've seen elections turn one way or the other. In fact, you and I were in your studio with a computer looking at the results coming out of counties in Florida in 2000, right? When in the middle of the night you saw things going one way, then another. You thought Bush had won, then, then it looks like Gore won and all that. So this is normal pattern, right? It's, it's what normally happens. The Republicans under Donald Trump have chosen to weaponize that. They've chosen to weaponize normal processes and turn it into something that is somehow supposedly nefarious, dangerous, bad, uh, requiring a response. That's the big lie. It's everything that the big lie is about. Now we have, in Rebecca Clayfish, someone who is running for governor of Wisconsin, who not only refuses to call out the big lie, but who suggests that she's prepared to bring mercenaries in to respond to the big lie and refuses, refuses to say that she would defend democracy in Wisconsin by making sure that
0: elections are not overturned. You mentioned the attorney general's race. Josh Call uh, is going to face, potentially, Eric Toney, who's the district attorney in Fond du Lac. Uh he now has a challenger in former representative Adam Jarko from the Northwest part of the state. Jarko is calling Eric Tony phony baloney and a man who enforced, you know, governor Evers lockdown rules and was part of uh, essentially part of a, a, a squad of people arresting, you know, freedom loving Wisconsinites. So you've got to You've got to see the fights between Jessica McBride uh, in her little right-wing blog in, in Adam Jarko. They're going back and forth on that attorney general's race. That's blowing up.
1: Oh, it is. And remember, the race already blew up. You had a credible candidate, not a guy I agreed with, but a credible candidate, a uh, University of Wisconsin professor who um, was running, had raised a lot of money, um, looked to be gathering up a lot of significant support, uh, Drop out of the race because he said, this is too ugly. And it, hasn't, it hadn't even started, right? You know, and he was looking at what was happening and said, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm, not, I'm just not going to do this. And, and that's a big deal, Sly. Uh, it's a big deal on two levels. Number one, what you're talking about, it's clear this race is going to be ugly, and it is going to be a race to the bottom, right? You know, people running for the chief law enforcement job in the state saying how they won't enforce the law or how they will enforce it with a bias, you know, and, and Somehow that's going to be rewarded in a Republican primary. But two, you know, separate from that reality that you're addressing, is the reality that these people are making their politics so ugly that they are driving away smarter and better candidates. Um, and that may be true in both parties. I'm not ruling it out that it's happened in general, that a lot of people are shying away from politics. But the bottom line is that we have a real-time example in this attorney general race of you know a qualified capable candidate saying, I'm
0: just not gonna do this. So we don't know what the political jet stream will be like as far as headwinds and tailwinds coming up in twenty twenty two yet. You know, to make a prediction now really would be kind of irresponsible because so much oh can my. so much can happen. What we do. What's that? I said oh, Sly, that's mm. what we do. I know, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, but um, it, you know, it is interesting that not everything is going swimmingly for Republicans. You would think this would be a perfect year for them to get their, their base out, but they're a bit divided. Oh
1: yeah, they are very divided, and um, uh, and that may be the only hope Democrats have. I mean, I'll be very blunt with you we shouldn't we shouldn't deny that things haven't exactly gone perfectly for the Democrats either.
0: Oh, really? What, could, what What's wrong, John?
1: Well, you know, uh, <laughs> Biden seems to be having a little bit of a hard time getting, getting all the things passed in Congress. Um, and, uh, you know, here in Wisconsin, uh, because of the uh, Republican obstruction, Tony Evers had a bit of a hard time uh, clarifying, identifying, and advancing an agenda. Um, so, you know, look, you go into the 2022 election, and um, there is the midterm curse. The party that is not in the white house usually does very well in midterm elections and so as a result republicans should have you know by any historic pattern something of an advantage um and then on top of that um you do have some challenges it's a a tough time we've been through a lot of the country so the republicans should be in you know quite good position they aren't uh necessarily uh in fact if you look at polling and there'll be another uh poll coming out soon for wisconsin from the Marquette folks, but um, if you look at most of the indications, uh, the Republicans are not necessarily in a position to storm to victory. Um, and why is that? Well, it's because Donald Trump has changed this party. He has changed the Republican Party into uh, a very nasty, very brutish party, uh, where there are rewards for you know taking the low road, going as, as low as you possibly could. Um, and and I think that that. There are still, a, and I'll admit it, we don't have many swing voters left. There's still a, at least a small portion of folks in Wisconsin and, and around the country who say, look, you know, there are some limits. I'm just not going to go beyond. And we're going to see a real test of that in Virginia um, next Tuesday in the Virginia gubernatorial election. We'll see some other tests in the, off your voting. But the big test is going to be 2022. And the fact of the matter is that the stuff we've talked about in this program, uh, the potential that the Republicans might nominate someone for governor of Wisconsin, uh, who talks about using mercenaries, uh, who uh, refuses to say that uh, she would defend democracy and that she would prevent efforts to overturn elections. Uh, those are the kinds of things that I think can resonate and, and in fact, give Democrats the ability um, to run against Republicans saying, look, you may not like us on everything, You may not be satisfied with us on everything, but look at the alternative. The alternative is something really scary, hellacious, overwhelming. Uh, And in such a circumstance, as long as you can motivate voters to come out, uh, that gives Democrats at least some good option to, to, to avoid the curse
0: of the midterms. Imagine after Ronald Reagan or Richard Nixon had won Wisconsin, if the democrats who controlled the wisconsin legislature had said yeah we want the power to overturn that result that can you imagine
1: a (laughs) no you you can't imagine it because you and i for all of our failings are old enough to actually remember some of the people who were in politics in those days and and the fact of the matter is that both political parties policed themselves the wisconsin republican party had a problem uh, in the early 1960s, where people who were John Birchers and associated with the Birch Society and others started sort of coming into the party. You look at what Warren Knowles and people like that did. They, they pushed him right out. They said, we are not going to be that party. And Tommy Thompson, much more recently, you look at what he did with his party when they tried to do English only and stuff like that. You know, Tommy Thompson we're just not going to go there. That's not going to be who we are. Um, And historically, both political parties in Wisconsin
0: believed
1: with some validity that they could hit the right mark and appeal to overwhelming majorities of the voters in the state. That is why you saw Democrats, you know, sometimes win the governorship and the legislature with overwhelming margins, and then, in short order, a Republican comes along and does the same. It's why power has shifted back and forth in this state. Um, with a reasonably steady pattern since the 1950s, and now we're getting into a situation where you've got uh, this sort of this win at any cost politics that uh, that that I think I think there's still a sufficient a majority of Wisconsinites uh, will reject. And certainly, uh, one last note I'll make on this: if you want to look at one person who has been uh, kind of like the the prime example of the old school, of rejecting the win-at-any-cost approach, it's Tony Evers. I mean, effectively, Tony Evers became governor because he wasn't a low-road candidate. Uh, and I think there's a decent chance he'll get re-elected governor for the same reason.
0: John Nichols from the Capital Times, thanks for coming on with us today. Slysoffice.com. Thanks a million. Bye-bye.